Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, Bab. Hello there. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I am much better now that we are going into part two of our wonderful interview with fashion designer, stylist to the stars, and TV presenter, Joey Bevan. We obviously had part one last week, and we've got part two this week. Coming up. On the show. On the show. <laughs> Isn't that how we do it? Like on, like people on TV do it. Coming up on today's show. <laughs> ben Ho will be making some pasta. <laughs> and I'll be trying new flared jeans for the summer. <laughs> is that how like magazine TV shows work? Anyway, we haven't even said what this is. Oh, <laughs> welcome to Bareback. Hello there. Welcome to Bareback. The podcast where we navigate our lives together as a bear couple and explore the quirks of our respective cultures and apparently now we just make up jingles on the spot <laughs> we always make up jingles i'm ben and i am british and i'm benka and i'm argentinian now i kind of alluded to the fact at the start of the episode there but i'm feeling a lot better now i'm feeling more positive but we've had a really shit week haven't we well yeah to be fair i, I know that normally we're very upbeat whenever it's always up in the high you know, we're very cheerful people, but sometimes you just have a shit week. Yeah, work has been really tough for me. And it has been really tough for me. And as well, I think all the stuff that's happening in Ukraine is just really... Depressing. Get, yeah, I mean, it really is. And I don't want to feel all selfish and make this about me, but I've been to Ukraine twice on holiday and I have had an amazing time. It's an incredible country, amazing culture. The food is incredible. The people are just absolutely lovely. And it just breaks my heart to see some of the stuff that we're seeing on the TV. And there's a lot that you can do to help. You just need to search online. All of the ways that you can support and help our fellow Ukrainians through these hard times. Yeah, absolutely. And to be fair, the thing is, now I kind of feel a little bit even worse. I mean, we're complaining about us having a shared week, whereas people in Ukraine are having it much worse than, than that. And to be fair... I just had a shit week at work when I've been pushed to the limit, a lot of demand, been working very long hours, been working non-stop, looking for things, everything urgent for the whole week. So it's definitely not a good work environment to be in at the moment. But again, it kind of feels a little bit small now, doesn't it? Indeed, indeed. But I like to think that people tune into the podcast every week, not because they want high-level political commentary, but because they want a bit of a laugh. So, let's immediately raise the mood. Okay. And I want to hear our best jokes. Okay, you go first. All right, my best ever, ever, ever joke is this. Right, okay. So, I've just bought a... You're laughing already. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? I haven't even told the joke. <laughs> Am I that funny? The thing is, you're laughing already. You haven't told the joke. No, you're, you're laughing. laughing. I'm laughing because you're laughing. No, I'm laughing because you're laughing. Okay, right. Serious face, serious okay, face. Yeah. Right, this is my mm. joke. Yeah. So, so I've just bought myself a microwave meal. Okay. It says on the instructions, remove sleeve and film lid. So, I'm sat here in a vest top... And I've got my camcorder out, but nothing's happening. 
God. I, I think that I'll need to adapt my best joke. Now. I won 500 quid for that joke once, you know. It was like a best joke competition. I think it was like the National Joke Awards or something, and I entered it, and I think I came third. Was it like in the category of 7 to 12 year old? <laughs> no. It, I mean, it's a family-friendly joke. It, it, it crosses boundaries. It's got a twinge of dad joke about it. There's a little bit of metaness about it. I think it just works for everybody. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Well, I, I made you laugh, even if it wasn't a great joke. What is your best joke? Okay. So I'm not naturally a joke teller. So I'm going to use a joke that I've been using like from the first grade. Okay. And it's very simple. Okay. Había una vez, truce. Okay. Right. For, I mean, obviously, I am learning Spanish, and I am completely fluent now. So, I, I mean, that joke was just hilarious. But for people, for people who, I mean, it was just brilliant. I mean, I, I just loved the nuances and and the way you use the language. To be fair, it's very nuanced, and it's a and, it's a, and it is a complex use of the language. Okay. Well. Okay, so for people who are not as blessed as I am at being bilingual, because obviously I am fluent in English and Spanish. Hashtag overstatement. As we all know. Would you like to uh, break that down into English, please? Okay, so let me say it again in Spanish. Okay. Um, because you are bilingual, I'll say it slowly. And because you are bilingual, you should be able to understand some words from Yeah, it. absolutely. I'm really happy to do that for okay. the... Um, just a minute. I just need to. I just need to go on Google. Yeah, is that Google Translate? <laughs> no, 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 no. I just want to look at some nice pictures of Chris Evans or something like that. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> Chris Evans, the presenter. Or Chris Evans, the Captain America. Well, who knows? Mm. It's a podcast. No one will ever know. No one will ever know. <laughs> okay, here we go. Había una vez truce. So una vez is one time. Mm, yeah. Había is it's like to go. Uh, no. Había... It's a, it's a verb. Yeah, it's from the verb haber. Ah, to be. Mm. To be one thing. So, basically, be, <laughs> let's put it this I way. I mean, I'm fluent in Spanish. I completely understand. You don't have to explain it to me, but explain it to the listeners. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, había una vez is basically how you would start a fairy tale. Ah, like once upon a time. Exactly. So it's basically ah. once upon a time. Okay, gotcha. So the whole joke is había una vez truce. And this is the nuance. Do you know what avestruz is? Um, To have a truce? No, it's an animal. It sounds like how a Scottish person would say trusers. Yeah, but it's not truce, it's avestruz. One word? Yeah. Oh, okay. Armadillo? Um, which surely, yeah, that's probably a Spanish word anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Which surely you understood the word avestruz from the first time. You're just explaining for the audience, aren't you? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. I'm just imagining if I didn't understand what it would mean, okay. this is how I would break it down to explain it. Mm-hmm. Big reveal, it means... Ostrich. Oh, okay. Avestruz, ostrich. Can we just, sorry, can I just bring in a little side hustle there? Okay. Because I once saw two ostriches having sex at a zoo when I was a child. Mm, I had an ostrich meat burger once. A girl who I went to school with, her parents had an ostrich farm. So maybe you had one of their burgers. Was that in the UK or Argentina? Uh, it was in Birmingham. Could have been one of their ostriches. Could have been. Wow. It's like we are linked. We were, we were meant to be. Absolutely. How linked bizarre. by ostrich meat. So basically, that's the joke. So you start a story with once upon a time, había una vez. But instead of telling a story, you just merge a vez with truth. And you just merge, había una vez truth. 
you said you laughed. You said you were you really really understood it and laughed about it. Because you're bilingual, of course. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, to be honest, I'm more overcome by the fact that I've just remembered that I saw two ostriches having sex at Flamingoland when I was about five years old. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of... Quite, they've got massive... I mean, I don't think birds have penises, do they? I don't know what they have. Do they call it a penis? Uh, it was massive. So. It re- I mean, it made my eyes water, and I was a child at the time. Like Thinking about it now, it's even worse. Like, it was big. Do you know what I mean? It was big. Yeah, but a, an ostrich penis made your mouth water. But My eyes water because oh, it, was eyes seemed water. Pe- it seemed like, I don't know, I was traumatised by it. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Anyway, there you go. I'm sure that all of the Spanish speakers are laughing at these really... It's a mix. It's, it, I mean, it, I'm laughing on the inside. Yeah, to be fair, it's both a children joke and a dad joke. Right, okay. It's both at once. Mm. And it's short. It's wonderful. I love it. Interestingly, talking about bird penises, did you know that ducks can only have sex with certain, like male ducks, drakes can only have sex with certain female ones because... Yeah, it's like a keyhole type yeah, thing, isn't it? it's amazing. So they can only well, have... I wouldn't call it amazing. It's weird. It's a, it's a weird yeah. fact about ducks. And that's why they kind of hook up for life, don't they? Because it's like once you found a, a cherry tree that where your penis feeds, then stick with it. Absolutely amazing. We've gone full circle. We've actually gone back to a serious topic, even though we're trying to tell a joke. We've got a bit of housekeeping, though, to do before we move along. So if you remember a couple of episodes ago, you were talking about the Firulette. Okay, yeah. Mm. Is it confirmed that it's a made-up word? Well, I don't know if you've made it up. So Jack's been on. He says about the word Firulette, in English, the word is flourish. Flourish? Like flourish, like a flower that flourishes. Yeah, Okay, close enough. He says, I did forensics at university. It's all right for some. And he specialised in handwriting. Much love. Three kisses. Aww. Yeah, that's nice. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Did he write the word kisses or did he put X's? Three X's. Three X's for someone who did forensics. Specialising in language. Yeah. Hmm, I don't know. Does that mean something? I don't know. Maybe it does. Is it like a coded... I just thought it was three kisses. Maybe it's, you know, like a spy thing. There is a beer, isn't there? That Australian beer, that Castlemate. Oh no, that was Forex. Castlemate Forex. Okay, so which is an Australian beer that apparently no one in Australia actually drinks. A bit like Fosters. Okay, yeah, it used which to be is qu- made in Manchester. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Used to be quite popular here in the eighties, but it's a bit like Neighbours, the TV soap. R.I.P. This year, well, that's going. I know you won't know it is, but it was very important to me growing up. When I was a student, I used to watch it twice a day, one forty-five, and then again at half five. It's made in Australia, but it's only really watched over here. So, okay. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Miss Ruby's been on. Oh, we miss you, Miss Ruby. Miss you, oh. Ruby. So do you remember two weeks ago, we were talking about becoming champion of the house. And basically, you won bowling. I won at the darts. Yeah. So we were like, well, we need to think of something, one other thing, to okay. find out who is champion of the house. And win, you know, best of three. So Miss Ruby's come up with this idea. She says, darlings, you can imagine her voice. Darlings, let me tell you, I'm not one for sports, but I would love to see a Ben and Benja head-to-head at a lip-sync in drag. Oh, that could be a competition. You know, the thing is, lip-syncing is one of those things that, in my head, I feel like I'm going to be really good at it, but then I'm sure that reality is going to be vastly different. Mm. But I'll give it a go. And we've also heard from Sean as well. He says axe throwing. You should try axe 
axe throwing. He says it's so much fun. I had never done it before, but I was a natural. So I'll do it, but I won't compete on it because axe throwing is pretty much the similar movement as dart throwing. It's just that it's a heavier thing. So I, because I lost at darts, I'm assuming that I'm already going in at disadvantage there. Oh, you're scared, are you? No, I just want to pick something that is different from the one that I lost on. I can pretty much guarantee that I would beat you at both of those things. So mm, Maybe we need to find out. <laughs> maybe we do. It's on, bitch. <laughs> right, where were we with Joey this time last week? Oh, so I found out that you were... I want to say Pisces. Well done. And you're Taurus. Yeah. So we're talking about star signs. And then we got on to talking about his beloved homeland of Essex. You're living in a beautiful part of the world. You're you're kind of South End way, aren't you? So yeah. So I'm like Westcliff, which is next to South End. So I'm like 15 minutes walk to South End Town Centre and the like the pier, the longest pleasure pier in the world. It, it, well done on that because that is my like fact of the day. I say to everyone when I see the pier, I go, uh, I go that it's the longest pleasure pier in the world and it's the cleanest estuary in the world. Oh, yeah. and you're not talking about yourself there either, are you? I'm not. I'm <laughs> <a> top. <laughs> But, well, the, top, but my estuary is clean, even though I have a top. That sounds like a Nicki Minaj song. I really want to go to that. I mean, I, I love trains. I'm a proper train spotter, and I want to go on the train along South MP. So right, badly. You need to walk out. Mm-hmm. You need to walk out because you're walking out towards like the sea in Kent. It's a mile and a half, but it is the most amazing walk. Then you get the train back because then you're going inland. You don't want to be walking for a mile and a half just looking at South End. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. the feet So you get the train back. Mm. That's the tip. Anyone going to South End? And I just did the Visit South End tourist video. Oh, really? Visit South End, yeah. Actually, most I did a couple of jobs. It was the council. I did work when I didn't have any work coming in. I did most of the stuff with the local council. Um, I did a couple of videos. One about cycling, and then one about Visit South End the tourist video. And I styled the whole video. It was really, it was a good video. Oh, I think it's um, great that you're such um because you're from you're from Basildon originally in Essex. I'm a Basso through and through originally, Basel. but I moved up here when I was eighteen. But so I think no one I... get that because you all go Bas Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> we don't say Bas Vegas. None of us in Basildon say Bas Vegas. When I grew up, it was Bazo. You're a Bazo. Bazo. But so, I think it's great that you're you're such um an advocate for Essex because you know. For the rest of the country and around the world, let's be honest, you know, when you think of Essex, people think of the only way is Essex. That's what... Do you know what? Essex is the most famous place now in the whole of, um, in the world, on TV, film, because of the only way is Essex and stuff. The thing is, with the only way is Essex, little funny thing, actually. Do you know, I got asked to do the only way is Essex on season one and two. Is this really? an exclusive? This is an exclusive. This is a bareback exclusive, guys. This is a bareback, full penetration exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, um... I was like, when they told me it was £60 an episode, that's how much you got paid, I laughed and said, no, I'm not going to do it for £60 mm. an episode. They got paid £60 an episode. Mm. It could take five days to mm. film one episode. It took two days to film an episode, maybe even two and a half days to film an episode for You Are What You Wear for an hour. Mm. And that's one lo- location in, in a studio. Mm. So it's just weird for the people who did sign up to it they were obviously desperate to be part of it oh and they've done they've done amazing and the ones that were in it originally you know I've, i'm friends with lydia lydia bryant you know i've known 
Kirk Norcross and Mark Wright I've known for years. The thing is, you couldn't get on that show unless you knew the other people. Yeah. That was the thing, and I did know them. You know, I knew Mickey Norcross and used to go to Sugar Heart doing... I worked with Mickey Norcross on there, starting their models and stuff, you know, and it was really sad when he committed suicide. You know, we... Mm. You know, in David Amos, our local MP, he's the local MP for my mm. area, and he mm. was stabbed. Mm. And the thing is, he was the only Tory MP in the world... <laughs> That was on side. He was the one who stood up after I'd done the surgery. I don't know if you remember last year when I was doing the conversion therapy stuff and the gay men being able to give blood. Mm-hmm. He was the one who stood up in Parliament. David Amos stood up, and nobody really realises this. He was the one who brought up about conversion therapy mm. in the Houses of Parliament. Mm. He stood up after me and him had our chat. And the reason why I've not been putting it out there that like I helped... It's because there was people that have been working on that campaign for 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I couldn't then go, oh, I knew someone in, in, in the Tory government that could push it through. But, you know, I don't need to, I don't need the glory because we got conversion therapy banned. But the fact that I had the surgery with him and then a week later he got up in Parliament and read it up. And I've even got the email where he says, did you see the TV? I brought it up and he'd done the same about the male gay males giving blood. And I am gutted that he is gone. Because when I first met that guy, it wasn't about his constituents. It was about what his religion and his friends and family thought. It was like that. When I first met him, I basically just said to him, look, I'm not a supporter of your party. I'm a lefty. And I was so respectful to him, but I'd done it in an intellectual way mm. that he couldn't argue with. And then I just basically said to him, you need to stop thinking about your f- your personal friends and family and circle and start thinking about your constituents because they're so varied that you need them to keep you in. So why are you going against voting against? And once I said that, he kind of then realised and went, oh my God, boom, penny dropped, another penny dropped. <laughs> and that was it. And then he hired me to do the City of Culture for South End, but we didn't get it. Chelmsford bloody got it. We've got a seaside. Why would Chelmsford get it before us? <laughs> but we um They obviously up... need it more. That's what that's the that's we the We needed answer. it. Like South End is used to be one of the biggest seaside towns in the in the country. But when I found out David had been stabbed, I was just heartbroken because he was almost like my secret double agent inside the Tory government. And now I don't have that. It was quite a week actually, because we I was talking to David a week before he got stabbed because I was working on the um, City of Culture bid, which we don't need to do now because we've got it as a tribute to him. But it's just, I'm gutted about that, guys, because you know what it's like for us gays and the LGBTQ plus community to get a Tory on side with us who would stand up in front of their Tory yeah, yeah. merry men and say conversion therapy needs to be banned. Well, I'm telling you what, he, at least like we he can go, He's he's gone knowing that he was a a better person because from the guy I met when I first strong Tory anti LGBTQ plus very conservative to being so about the arts. And he was such a good, even though he was a Tory and he knew I said that to him, I like you, David, but you're still a Tory. I said it to him all the time, but it was just, yeah, it was just said my double agent's gone now. So I'm gutted. But I think, you know, and again, this is testament to your personality, but it does go back to this thing in in that, you know, you being this kind of mother figure, that you really, by being so open about those issues, you really do help other people in the process, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm, and I'm particularly thinking now as well about you talk, you discussing mental health online. And it is amazing that you are so open, but yet you refuse to call yourself an influencer. Oh, 
influenza. That's how I feel about it. Um, I hate the term influencer for these people that are selling handbags, makeup. They should be called social media. I don't know, social media salespeople or social media artists. They should not be called influencers because I'm sorry. That means posters are influencers. Mm. Adverts are influencers. Pop cultures are influenced. It just seems ridiculous. I don't found them as influence. They are marketing artists and they are using marketing to sell products. And that's it. I'm not doing that. You know, a lot of the time, the things that I do. So, yeah, maybe I am an influencer, the real influencer, because I'm influencing people to openly talk about their mental health. The whole way through the pandemic, I was doing stories every day and people were coming every morning at nine o'clock when I was doing my smoothie talks, talking about how I was you know, feeling suicidal being on my own. And I was so open that I think a lot of people in lockdown just related to it and was like, we need this content. We need someone who's more mm. real, who sits there. I don't give a shit what my clients think. If they don't want to work with me because of something that I'm talking about, I'm talking about human bloody rights. If you don't want to work with me because that might affect yourselves, then I don't want to work with you. That's, that's, that is it. You've mothered... You've helped so many people through uh, throughout your life. So we've we've established that calling you daddy is a no go. We've Mommy. Esta- <laughs> we've established that an influencer is a go go. Yeah, how do you feel about being called mother? Mother. Um, do you know what? Actually, since I started like when Pose and all that, you know, Drag Race started coming out, and I learned about you know the the houses and your mothers and stuff like that. I sat there and thought, you know especially going through all these disastrous guys and just sitting there thinking, I don't think this guy that I've got in my head and I blame 80s movies for destroying and putting this thing in my head that I've got for men, that I've got this vision of a man standing outside my front garden with a boombox on his head in a long trench coat being like, I want you to love me. But it's never going to happen because romance seems to be a little bit dead. Uh, yeah, and boomboxes. We're still a few years away from boomboxes coming back into fashion. Oh, it's going to happen. If they turn up with one of those speakers they plug in their phone, at least it's the vibe. But yeah. they won't even do that. Like My friends in lockdown, when I couldn't leave because of my sister had cervical cancer last year and we was bubbling just in case she needed us. And also I'm vulnerable, so I couldn't be in that. I've got asthma and respiratory issues. So I couldn't even leave the house for the first 14 weeks. So my friends were doing stuff like... You know, at the end of Pretty Woman, when he yeah. comes down with the opera music, and the, they were doing that with loaves of bread and eggs because they'd finally <laughs> found, they'd been round to like 20 different Lidls and then they found some eggs finally and they were trading eggs for bread and, oh, I've got a can of beans. I, it was, I feel like the first lockdown was almost like Walking Dead. It was brilliant. It was trade for trade. Oh, for it chicken. was fun. There was, I think that's the thing. The, the first lockdown, there was something about going to that basic necessity and relying on your friends and family and neighbours as well in our case. Yeah. I think there was something very, you know, it was that kind of wartime blitz spirit, you know, yes. that we talk about. And everyone going out to clap the NHS and then that just got so bloody monotonous because it was like, <laughs> it got to the point where you're like clapping, but no one's giving them a bloody pay rise. Yeah. <laughs> so in the end, I went out there the first couple of, I didn't even go out there, I hung out the window, but my things like I was putting stories, talking about being so open, I was putting stories out saying like, you know, I don't eat meat and I need my eggs. Can't get eggs or bread or flour. And I was like receiving care packages where my neighbours had seen my stories. And I'd walk outside, there'd be like six eggs from a neighbour who's got chickens and yeah. no money, didn't want nothing. They would just saw that I was in need. And, you know, I was sharing all these stories while I was through saying, oh my God, I've just come outside. And there's 
a chicken has laid six eggs on my doorstep because that's what I thought. It's like, it's got, and they put it in a little box. <laughs> it was a little basket. I thought this chicken had put the basket down, this tiny basket, with a little bit of hay. And I live in the bloody town. Like, I don't live in the, in the countryside, like Darling Buds of Bloody May. Talking about you as a mother, what would your house be called? I'm thinking House of Blowy. Yeah, do you know what? I was just about to say House of Blowy Bevan or Blowy Heaven. It's got to be that. We had a chat before we started recording about your nickname. So, guys, I've got a nickname. Um, my name is Joey Bevan, but every all my friends call me Blowy, Blowy Heaven, because I told all my girlmates how to suck dick properly. So, and I live, I live for it, and I love it. And the fact is, it wasn't actually the girls that gave me that nickname; it was their husbands and boyfriends. So, I just love this idea of you going to the pub to meet your friends, and their partners all just line up and shake your hand and say, "Thanks, thanks, Joey." Thanks yeah, they so did. Much. They said thank you. Thank one of them was like, you know, like when you just got a job and you're continuously shaking someone. Thank you, thank you so much. I was like, he was like, I don't think I've ever had a, what I would class as a blowjob then, because <laughs> what these girls have been doing has not been a blowjob. So yeah, so I do feel like but it's so funny when you do walk into a pub and then you make like blowy and you're like, oh. Screw oh, asking man. you for for fashion tips. This is what we should have been asking for yeah. you at the start. You know what? Wait, I, I wait, 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 wait. Do you have complaints? <laughs> no, I don't have any complaints, Bob. I'm just, we... I'm just saying our listeners might have. Ah, yeah, you, our <clears> listeners. I'm not talking about me personally. I have no complaints. And look, you're not perfect. I am. So <laughs> get some tips. <laughs> <laughs> and I got the nickname because it's just something. Do you know what? It was really funny because I wasn't that good until I had my tonsils out. And then that was <laughs> it. It was like... <laughs> It was literally like, hallelujah. I was like, this is great. I'm like, don't know. I, but I do have a party trick I do, which my friends laugh at, is that I can eat like gummy sweets, like jellies or, or say like something that's like a hot dog or something like that. Right, I'll tell you the, so the gummies. I can swallow Harry Bow and hold them down in my chest and then bring them back up. Oh. So I can do that. I can do that with a hot dog. I used to be able to swallow a hot dog, hold it in my throat here, in my chest, in my esophagus. And then I'll go and regurgitate it back up into the bun. Like a bird. You know, like a bird feeding all the little chicken. No, no, mushy up little worm shit. This was a full sausage coming out of my throat. So, (laughs) and I'm still single. And vegetarian. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I do eat meat. It's got to be alive, (laughs) (laughs) honey. It's got to be attached to some bloody big, juicy Canadian lumberjack. There you are. There you are. Big Uh, trunk to chop down. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't know why I went all Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the thing is, I feel so bad because because uh, we, we've taken up so much of your time. But you know, there were so many other things, so many more kind of like genteel topics that I wanted to talk about, like sustainable fashion, because that's one of your big thing. But somehow we ended up talking about. Um... <laughs> well, this is this is a gay podcast, and it's called Bareback, so I'm sure they're going to love that. Like <laughs> sustainable fashion, guys. Just what can I say? Capsule wardrobes. So most of your wardrobe be capsule. A capsule wardrobe is where you have like a navy suit jacket that will go with every pair of trousers, every T-shirt, every shirt. A pair of navy indico jeans, a pair of black trousers, you know, simple, basic stuff that will last you forever. And then you add little elements, a nice flashy top or a nice dress to wear with a blazer. And that's how that's the best way for sustainability is to get basics and as you get older, all this like trends and the 90s and stuff, it goes out the window. You end up just wearing comfort, to be honest, because I'll tell you what, I'm getting old and I just want to be comfortable, to be honest. 
My mum warned me about this when I was in my 20s and I didn't think it would come this soon. But slippers and a big hoodie and a pair of like shorts is my dream outfit. And the checkered shirt from your lumberjack boyfriend. Oh, I love a checkered shirt. There's just something about mid-wash jeans or indigo dark jeans, tight, a brown leather belt with their shirt undone, with their hairy chest and just... For me, it's in the country, and and again, before I moved from, to the UK, like in my hometown in Argentina in Rosario, you could not buy a shirt that was not a checkered shirt. You could not. I don't know what the hell happened, but it was impossible to get a shirt that wasn't a checkered shirt. And I just completely rejected them. I completely rejected them that assimilation look of going into a bar and being the only person who was the only man who was not wearing a checkered shirt. So no, thing, I can't. Especially in the bear community, because we are the checkered shirt and jeans community. Especially shorts, denim shorts, and a checkered shirt. Especially Absolutely. a short sleeve checkered shirt. That is like the fundamental. Like if I thought of a bear, red and black check shirt. Yeah. Indigo jeans, pair of brown boots. Yeah. That's how I see it. So, and then you get the other kind who are same outfit, <laughs> hoodie, zipped hoodie. And high-top trainers. Yeah, yeah. That's what, when someone says bear to me, I'm like, well, that's kind of like most 80% of what they wear. So check shirt. I like wearing a check shirt, but I have to, I couldn't just wear, I do wear just a check shirt, white t-shirt. I kind of feel like it's a staple for anyone's wardrobe for like, if you want to run down the shops or you're going out for, to the pub, that kind of thing. But I'm not like obsessed, but I do get it because I used to go into every bear gay club, any gay club, and everyone was in a check shirt at one point. Another thing, for me, it just became a, a, a little bit of a uniform thing. And I wore uniform to school. I've always, because I worked in manufacturing, used uh, sort of work clothes. I've, I've always been uniformed. So I kind of said, well, I refuse to be uniformed when I go out into a straight game, whatever club in my hometown. And that's why I have this automatic rejection for checkered, for checkered shirts, I'm afraid. Do you guys, when you you go to a straight club, do you dress more gay or do you straighten up? Oh, good question. I Ooh, think we just dress the same. <laughs> the thing is, I don't really care about the venue. I care about how I want to look. Yeah. So I don't care whether the venue is a gay, straight or whatever. If I fancy wearing, I don't know, my jeans, my nice shoes, my waistcoat. Ghost, waistcoat. I, I, so English is my second language. Bear with me. Um, Your English is great. It's better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I want to wear like my shirt, my waistcoat on on top of it, which is a, a little bit flashy in the back and business in the in the front. Jeans and shoes, and I don't care if I'm going to the bear bar. When I go to the bear bar, I'm dressed like that. I get all of these looks like what the hell is doing, particularly when I'm slut dropping in the dance floor, which happens a lot. Because you know bear bars, they're all standing there drinking. No one dances. It's like dancing is forbidden. And I'm, I'm just dancing there. all the time. I'm on the dance floor for the moment. I don't yeah. drink. So for me, I'm like, after a couple of Coca-Colas, I'm yeah. full fat Coca-Colas. Absolutely. That and that's it. I'm like, woo, I'm on the dance floor the yeah. whole bloody time. But but then sometimes I just fancy being in jeans and a nice, and a nice top. And I, I just do that. I, I think that for me, it doesn't. It, it's not a matter... Again, I feel like clothes represent not just my personality, but also represents my mood at that yeah. time. So sometimes I I want to dress in a certain way. Sometimes I want to dress in a certain other way, but it's independent from the venue I'm in. 
I seem to go more straight looking, and it's not, I don't even. It's just something that I thought when we was just a thought when we was talking and chatting. But I do dress more straight looking when I go to. I don't. I don't know. Maybe that's just the whole straight acting bullshit that we that society put. So you dress head. more straight when you go to a straight venue. No, I go straight when I go to a gay place. Ah, love. I'm sorry. I think if I go more like straight acting and I go into a gay bar, I know that they're going to be like, oh, yeah, he's, he's masculine and fit. And I, where I go to a straight bar, I know I'm not there to pull. Do you get me? It's weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it's still, and that's the thing. I don't want to have another Benny Drop moment, but it's a hunting strategy. Yeah. So you know that in the gay bar, the straight looking men pull easier. Yeah. And in the straight bar, if you look a little bit gay, uh, you have a higher chance to actually pulling a guy. And looking yeah. more gay in the straight bar means that those curious straight guys that I like to uh, blowy heaven, yeah. um, they they will see me wearing my bright green suit and think, oh, he's definitely gay. Yeah. After I've had a couple of drinks, I'll then go and chat up with him. Yeah. That's uh, it, and that's what they do. It has to be said, it's a little bit of laziness there. It's just making it easier for you to pull someone. Is that's that... it. And the thing is, is, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, I was sitting there thinking about, like, if I go to a restaurant or a bar, it's never. But if it's a gay place, it's almost like gives me anxiety because I know that I've got to. I'm almost like a character as such because I always find a bit find myself a bit weird in a gay bar. Like I change a little bit, and I think that's just the old version of me still hanging around. Yeah, yeah, that's a good challenge. I know, and, and here I'm posting a challenge to you now. Next time you go to the gay bar, dress as if you were going to a straight bar. Yeah, because I don't think I'm approachable when I'm in a gay bar. I don't think I'm this. I think the reason is is because I don't really do gay clubbing. I'll go to a bar, something like that, but I don't really have a huge influx of gay friends. My friends are, are more lesbians, and I've got a couple of trans friends, and they all want to go to the girl club. So yeah, I yeah. end up going to the lesbian clubs and being the only guy being like, woo, I'm, I'm not lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that's what it probably is, and I feel really comfortable there. Where I, when I go to, and I think it's the pressure of that society has put on us that we, like I go to a gay bar, I don't even sit there and think I'm going to go and have a great time. I go right, this is my chance to meet a guy. That's yeah. exactly my yeah, mentality yeah, yeah. when I go out, and it shouldn't be like that. And I no. would love to go out and not think. And it's so funny because I said earlier, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about what I wear, and maybe I need to get some of that mentality and just go to a gay bar and pretend that no, no one exists but in yeah. manchester in manchester when we was filming for you are what you wear i tell you what i nearly moved to manchester because i was popular in manchester because theirs are popular in manchester especially if they got an essex accent and every time i went excuse me mate can i have um a bex blue about 14 guys would be like oh can you speak again and i was like well, i pulled the fittest guy in the club because i was new fresh and just, it was great. But you go to London, and it is everyone is only interested in the tall, six-packed, model-looking guys that really don't have any personality. Yeah. And I don't understand it because I say this to models all the time: "Look at my boyfriend, and he's fit." And I go, "Yeah." And then I meet the person. I'm like, "Yeah, he's fit, but that's about it." And the thing is, what they don't understand is that yeah, you're gonna have great sex, and then when you get married to that person and you retire, you've got to then spend the rest of your life with someone who used to be attractive who is boring as fuck yeah so i went on a tangent there but yeah so i just i think that's the problem with me is when i'm in a gay bar situation i panic 
I get anxiety and I worry and I, I never relax. And that's the thing. I think that there's a lot of pressure in going into gay clubs, isn't it? And I think I've I've felt it before. I think that probably when I moved to this country, I kind of stopped feeling it because realistically, I was standing there. I said, now I'm letting my ass wants to shake in the dance floor. So I'm not going to stand there. And if they look and judge me, then up there's, I'm going to oh, shake my booty. That's the only time when I don't give two shits is when I get on that dance floor, I'm like, bloody, what's his face? Billy Elliot. I don't give a <laughs> shit what anyone thinks. I'm skipping around, I'm a ballerina. I'm doing sissy that walk, voguing. I do not give a shit. And then I walk straight up to the bar afterwards. I'm like, Pint lager, please, mate. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why I do it because then they're, they're seeing like the real me. Because I, it's like in that moment, I forget I'm having fun because I love to dance. So I'm having that fun, and I, I it's almost like I for, I've forgotten where I am. I'm just in the moment. And then you've got the other half of me who sits there. I spend sixty to seventy percent of the time in gay bars, looking around, wondering, oh, is they gonna, oh, oh, and I don't know why I do it. And it's just one of these things that I think a lot of gay guys do it. We just panic when we go through a gay situation because I was born to be in a relationship. I can't do this dating, especially nowadays. Oh my god, it used to be fun. Do you remember when dating used to be fun? Yeah, yeah. You're lucky you've got each other. Honestly, it is so horrendous out there, especially in your thirties trying to date. Why do you think it's so difficult? Guys are so flaky. All they want to do is text, and I can't stand texting, so I get bored. I just end up getting bored because I would rather do a voice note or just give me a call because I feel like you don't get that yeah. personality through a text. And for me, for some reason, when I read texts from all these guys, I always have the same voice, and it's like a Mao Alexa voice. So I'm reading, reading these ones like, you are very handsome, you are very attractive. So that to me, I'm not getting turned on, or I'm like, yeah, no. thanks, Alexa, because it's literally like another Siri Alexa because there's no mm. – so I always say – that's why I like the fact that Hinge have brought in the vocal bit at the top where you can say you, you can ask a question and you can so everyone can show their personality. Mine's got a joke, of course. Can I hear the joke? The joke. It's my favourite joke. That's why I brought it up because I really wanted to tell you it. <laughs> right. Mickey Mouse gets a call from his solicitor. His solicitor says, look, Mickey, you can't divorce Minnie on these terms. You can't divorce her because she's got big teeth. And Mickey Mouse replies... I'm not divorcing her because she's got big teeth. I'm divorcing her because she's fucking goofy. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favourite joke. And actually, it's a joke that I evolved. It was completely different. It wasn't a fucking goofy. It wasn't. It was something else. But I changed it to this. So I feel like this fucking goofy version of it is my original <laughs> joke. To be fair, why you're still single, I just don't get it. I don't. I really don't. I look in the mirror and you know, like I do those affirmations in the morning and nine times out of ten, I won't even read them because I'm just like, I know I'm great. (laughs) Not in a big headed way. I'm like, look, we we love 80s movies. I am the best mate in the 80s movies that the girl is best mates with the guy and then right, not till she wants to be with the jock and the popular guy, then right at the end, she realises it's her best mate is the one. That is who I am. Why wouldn't anyone want that? Mm. I'm like... Mm romantic i'll pay for trips to go away i am i'll leave my two fingers not my two fingers two fingers of a kit kat okay. or i'll leave a finger of a twix in the fridge with a post-it note saying i left you the other half of my kit kat oh I i'm like that. that that is why wouldn't it? i just don't get it and this is a problem and and the other issue i've got is the open relationships they are making us monogamous single people's lives hell because some of them don't even have that they're in an open relationship, you spend like a couple of days talking to the person. I've wasted 
time chatting to that person to then them say, I want to hook up my partner. Then they say my partner and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake again. Yeah. And the thing is, I wish there was an app that they just went, all went to. <laughs> so there was, or an app where they banned open relationships and just had, and I'm not discriminating against open relationships. I said earlier, I have no issue with them and it's everybody. And I get it. People are trying to find their own way. The whole monogamous thing with religion. I get their points and good for them. The difference is, is that your open relationship is now affecting me finding a relationship and you've got someone to go home to. And the problem is, is these fit guys who are in open relationships, they're shagging all the single guys that are fit. So I'm not even getting a shag. (laughs) (laughs) That's the issue. Some of these people just want to hook up and have some sex because we are human after all. I haven't had sex, by the way, since March 2020. Putting that out there. That's so, why I have not had sex. Maybe that's why I'm a bit neuro- neurotic. <laughs> so let's try to do a bareback way of helping uh, of, of helping Joey here. So for our listeners in general, but particularly for Canadian lumberjacks who loves dogs. Look, we left the EU. I want a dual passport at least. So if you are from another country, especially in Europe, then let's make it a transaction as well. Because I would like to have a dual passport so I could work again in Europe. Thank you. Okay. So for all of our listeners, lumberjacks who love dogs in Canada and people with European passports. Yeah. So where can... American, because I could get work out there as well. Yeah. Okay. That's or well. Canadian. Or Canadian. Yeah, but if you're Canadian, then you're going to go to the US as well. So it's, yeah. it's kind of there. So for all of these people who listen to our podcast to be able to find you, how can they find you? When and where can they see you on the telly, on your social media? How do they find you? Slide into my DMs, Joey Bevan. <laughs> That's it. That's the only way I can say. Slide into my DMs because I'm not very... I don't really have anything else other than that for people to contact. But if you do want to see me, you can watch You Are What You Wear on BBC One. But it's on iPlayer, I think. But you could probably get it online. But I don't want someone to be with me because of my career. I want someone to be with me because I'm great. (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) And you are. And I'm sure that you'll have to credit us in your wedding speech on how we... Oh, you'll we... be there. Don't worry. <gasps> yeah. How we what, helped What am I going to be wearing, though? That's the... It'll be oh, a whole bear beat back speech as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what will you wear? I'm gonna... You'll be in matching suits, but your waistcoats will be alternative. Your jackets will be alternative. Oh, uh, that's that'll nice. that'll be good, because then you can buy the full suits and mix and match them and mix them That's nice. such a good idea. That's what I do. I posted about it the other day. None of my suits match. Sometimes they do. I'll buy a suit, three-piece suit, but you'll never see me in a three-piece suit all the same colour because I can't wear a three-piece suit in all the same colour because Mm. it doesn't look good on me. I have to layer it up. So you'll see me wearing a waistcoat and trousers in a navy blue, and then I'll wear a cream and grey check jacket with a grey tie like that. So you'll always see me. I never wear a dark shirt. Mm. Always a light shirt. It's another tip for bigger guys because you want that small stripe so if you go for a dark jacket, go for a lighter waistcoat and then a lighter shirt, because then all you're seeing is that centre panel of the tiny bit of the waistcoat, and that's all you're going to see. Is that It's a mind trick. People then see you looking slimmer than you actually are. A Jedi mind trick. A Jedi mind trick. Apart from the fact that this year is obviously the year that you're going to fall in love and get married and have lots of babies, what else have you got coming up? this year so i'm actually in the talks with two new tv shows oh. i know one of them is 
I can't say. No, of course, don't, of no, course, okay. no, don't jinx well, it. Well, I was literally about to say something. No, no, don't. What can don't, I say? Don't. One of them is. Let's just put it this way. There's one where I'll be with two other very hairy guys. Okay. okay. But that's that one. And then the other one I'm doing is I could talk about that one because I've already sort of spoke about that. Is um, I can't go too in. I saw these nas- these NDAs, non disclosure yeah. agreements and stuff, where you can't say anything or they'll sell your soul to the devil. And as much as I'm probably going to go to hell anyway, because that's what Catholics and Christians have been saying my whole life. Um, so I just don't want to go there yet. What was I saying? Yeah. So the other one is a dating show that you're going on. No. God, no. I got asked to do, um, what's the one? First dates once. And I said, no way am I going on first dates. I'm good on a first date because I can hold a conversation. So I'm kind of charming. You'd be brilliant on that show. Yeah. But yeah, they asked me to go on it and I was like, no, I can't. But no, no, the dating show is millionaires, six um, cisgendered female, six cisgendered male, going to house trying to find love a bit like a love island but not all pretentious these are going to be older millionaires there might be a couple of younger ones but they're going to mostly be people in their like 50s 60s 70s looking for love oh wow the whole task is that they live in this millionaire mansion with like and then me and the makeup artist do like dress them up and get all the gossip between when before they go on their dates and stuff and (laughs) we're the bitchy gay Makeup artists and stylists who are going to be like, oh, so did he just? What did he say to you on the first date? We're going to be that kind of thing. So, but that's just been signed by a global distributor. Same people who do Love Island, Master Chef, um, Big Brother. But the other show, the one I can't talk about it, I'm the lead in it. Right. Okay. Well, when you do and you can talk about it, will you come back on the podcast and tell us all about You're it? You're going to love it. You still are going to love it. This is why I wish I could talk about it now. <laughs> no, 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 because no. Because it's so up it. your street. Save it. Save it. And then, I don't know, it sounds like I want to go on that show. I don't know how, I don't know why, but I kind of want to go on that there show. There is a way you can. <laughs> But I can't say. <laughs> no, no worries. Let's let, give it away. Yeah, let's not give anything away. You know, NDAs, and also we keep our listeners like on the edge of their seats, thinking what is, for more. What Joe is going to do next? Who is he going to blow next? It's uh, all, it. all mystery. It is always a mystery because I haven't blown anyone since twenty twenty March. <laughs> so, I mean, the only thing I've blown is a muffin with a candle that I did on myself when I spent my birthday. I mean. Oh. <laughs> To be fair, that kind of sounds like sex with a woman, doesn't it? A lot of muffin talk. <laughs> muffin talk. Blueberry muffin as well. Gross. Oh, yeah. That... Oh, I just thought oh. of something. I should have had blue waffle. <laughs> 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 oh. well, we we all know what blue waffle is. And if not, you guys are going to find out. And it's going to be a very eye-opening experience. <laughs> and you will still be gay after it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm kind of counting on that. To be fair. But what? Shall we then... Because if, if I if I continue going, I'll start asking more questions about the show that we can that kind of be yeah, mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we need to draw a line under it. Yeah, now. we need to uh, let's draw a line. People know where to find you. Is Joey Bevan on Instagram? Yeah, J O E Y B E V A N. And the DMs are open. That's the most important thing. The DMs are open. Slide in. Slide in. Just be like, just come and have a look. See what you like. You know, I'm very open. I talk about stuff. There's nothing. Literally, even on my dating profiles, which you could probably find. And if you're a millionaire, I'm up for having a, an arrangement. 
I'm not gonna lie. We've just been through a global pandemic. It's been difficult. If I can live my life, living life of luxury, and I give some guy a great life, then yeah, I'm done for that mother, the mother figure. The mother figure. That's what I need. Is a millionaire to look after. Yeah, that's probably it. And he looks after me. There you are. You see, it's win-win, win-win search. All right, Joey. Well, thank thank you so much for giving up time today to talk to us, and um, please stay in touch and come back and tell us about what you're up to because I know it's going to be really exciting, and I can't wait to see what you do next. So thank you oh, so it's much. So good, thank you guys. I've had such a great time, and it was sorry about I actually pulled I pulled a naughty and had to cancel about sixteen times for the guys, so we finally got it done. <laughs> we finally got it done. It's always a pleasure to wait for you, and I'm sure that out there there's the lumberjack that is just waiting for you oh, only if only if only That's it. <laughs> all, all right. i want is a room somewhere can't see a lies do little because i'm just looking for a man to rub my feet <laughs> all right joey lots, lots of love lots and lots of love we we'll love you soon you too guys have a good one take care bye bye I know we say this every time we have a guest on, but that was so much fun. To be fair, and that's why we did it in two parts, isn't it? It's because <laughs> that interview went on for a long time, but it was so pleasant to do. And that's and that's why we decided, you know what, we can't edit this into one episode. I just love his voice. I could listen to him speak all day. Like, he could read the phone book and I would find it really interesting. So is it his voice or is it the SX twang? A bit of both, really. I think he's got a really nice tone to his voice. But yeah, I mean, I like that kind of cheekiness of the Essex. I want to do an impression, but I'm not going to because I'll probably embarrass myself. And we can definitely say that Joey is a cheeky chap, don't we? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, bless him. Bless him. Thank you, Joey, so much for coming on. And please stay in touch. We'll definitely be seeking you out when we go to Southend because I want to go on that pier. I mean, you know that I want to go on that pier. I've been yeah. wanting to go on that pier for a long time. I know. The longest pleasure pier in the world. So, yeah, we will definitely see you sooner rather than later. Uh, and hopefully he'll come back on the show at some point in the future. And in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, let us know your thoughts about the interview with Joey. Let us know what you think about Bareback Podcast with a five-star review in Apple Music. <laughs> yeah, five-star review in Apple Music, five-star review in spotify as well it all helps guys it really really does help but you can also get in touch with us on twitter we are at bareback pod you can get in touch via instagram at bareback podcast we are on facebook just search for us bareback in the search bar and you'll find us or you can send us an old-fashioned email i love that the fact that emails are now old-fashioned by the way at barebackpodcast at gmail.com and thank you for coming along today and spending a little bit of time with myself and Ben Hare. And Joey. And Joey, indeed. And we'll see you same time. Next week. Same place. Oh, same place. Well, you're never going to get this, no. are you? No. Right, let's start again. Okay. Same time. Same place. No, you need to give it, like, this is the big finale of the episode. Give it a bit of oomph. Yeah, but it kind of sounds like very stock phrase, that one. Well, I'm not trying to like copyright it, but it's just you know a little bit of little bit of back and forth, Bab. A little bit of back and forth. Okay. Right, you ready? Okay. Let's go again. Okay, we'll do. We'll go for the big runner. Okay. Okay, guys, I'm doing my DJ voice yeah, now. Yeah, okay, see. guys, we are gonna see you same time. Same place. Oh come on! No, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not stopping this recording until you do it properly. Okay. Right. 
Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you same time. Same place. Oh, she likes that. Next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.